0: Hello, Heat Rockers. It's Oliver Wong. And what you're about to hear is a rerun, actually a re edit rerun, of one of our year one episodes with Night Jewel talking about Kraftwerk's computer world, which turns 40 years old next week. Yeah, we're all old. What can I say? This happens to be, in my individual personal opinion, one of my absolute favorite episodes of the first year that we did this show. And so, for those of you who are more recent listeners and haven't had a chance, I think you're in for a real treat. And with that, please enjoy our rerun of Night Jewel on Craftworks Computer World. Hello, I'm Oliver Wang.
1: And I'm Morgan Rhodes. You're listening to Heat Rocks.
0: Every episode, we invite a guest to talk about a heat rock, an album that burns deep within them. And today we will be diving together into Kraftwerk's 1981 album, Computer World. Computer World was the German group's eighth album. Eighth album. They had a, man, they had a lot of albums to put out there. Gang of albums. Helping complete a trio of groundbreaking, what I guess you could describe as proto techno slash electro LPs that began with Trans Europe Express, then Man Machine, and then culminating in Computer World. I knew that this was a wildly influential album for them, but I had no idea how many songs off of this album have been sampled over the years. Something like 300, which is astounding. My buddy Ned Raggett, writing for AllMusic.com, describes how Computer World, quote, captured the band right at the moment when its pioneering approach fully broke through in popular music, unquote. While Chris Power, writing for Drowned in Sound, which is a great name for a blog, by the way, says, quote, it was a work of immaculate brightness that's nevertheless in possession of dark, tugging undercurrents, unquote.
1: Speaking of, uh, of, of darkness, to talk about Computer World, we invited LA's <laughs> own Night Jewel. Jewel of the Night is a 2015 short film about a mysterious stranger who finds pleasure in the darkest corners of the night. <laughs> night Jewel's latest album, Real High, has helped me find sonic pleasure in the darkest corners of my apartment. <laughs> Thank you, Night Jewel. You're welcome. Her songs walk softly and carry a big beat, and if you like your electro mixed with soul, get all the way into her discography. If you like a bit of sophisticated funk added in, check for her as half of the group Night Funk alongside one of LA's finest OGs, Dame Funk. She's cool, y'all. Liquid cool. And having her in studio to talk about craft work is, as the title of her song suggests, too good to be true. Welcome to the show, Night Jewel. First, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming through to What Heat an introduction. Mm. <laughs> First of all, we have to ask, why craft work?
2: Yes, that is a very good question. It might be surprising to for me to say this, but craft work is probably the most influential band on my music making and, mm. and maybe on my philosophy towards music in some ways. Um, and also, in my opinion, I think that they are the most important electronic music group in history, mm. actually. Um, not to mention that I have a odd affinity towards German culture because I studied philosophy. Well, I started reading German philosophy when I was around 16 years old, and I was discovering craftwork at that same time. So it's a combination of music and sort of self-discovery for me, um, and also a way of looking at the world that goes beyond like sonic territory in some ways. Um, And of course, this is just my opinion, but that's the effect that it had on me for sure. How did you discover Kraftwerk? So when I was 16, around the time that I started reading Nietzsche, and I was, you know, just like totally my mind was being blown. Um, <laughs> I was smoking a lot of weed. And I left my friend's house one day after having a session smoking weed with her. And uh, I was pulling out of the uh, like, parking spot, listening to some reggae song and just feeling really chill, a little too chill. My car got hit by another car and got totaled. So my mom was super mad at me, made me walk to school every day. And it would take like 45 minutes for me to walk to school or maybe longer. It was a long walk. And I was pretty bummed. My friend made me a mixtape in Solidarity. And there was two songs on there from Kraftwerk's Computer World. And I had never heard them before. Mm. I had heard them sampled like most of us, and not just from computer world, from other songs too, by like, you know, uh, modern rap. And in the Bay Area, modern rap was really popular, so I would hear it all the time, but I didn't know what it was. But then, so I'm walking to school and I hear Pocket Calculator was like the third song on the mixtape. And when you're trying to get to school on time and you're walking, (laughs) like you need something with the beat to get you going. And I remember hearing Pocket Calculator and I remember it being super fast, like really fast tempo wise and feeling like it sounded old to me because mm. of that because mm. it was just kind of like hyper and a lot of modern music that I was into had like a slower BPM I remember thinking wow this must be old and they're talking about calculators this is quaint you know this is kind of like funny old music you know
1: and composing I'm the operator with my pocket calculator I'm the operator with my pocket calculator
2: but as i listened to it more i it started to seep into my consciousness i realized that the references that were being made were bigger than just technical instruments um that was my first introduction and if you can imagine a whole semester of school listening to that over and over again it had a really deep impact
1: speed of your walk Uh,
2: I was I was strutting I mean (laughs) I was (laughs) physics was my first class and you know I was almost late to that class every day (laughs) so yeah it got me there just in the nick of
1: time shout out to Kraftwerk for the cardio
0: This might be a hard question to answer, given that Computer World was your introduction to the group, so it stands to reason that it would loom very large within your musical imagination around it. But given Kraftwerk's immense catalog, what is it about Computer World distinctly that you identify with that maybe is different than, let's say, some of their other extremely influential massive
2: Absolutely a great question. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Kraftwerk on the whole. I I love their Green Cone album. I love their later work. I I love everything that they've put out. The thing about Computer World is that it continues to haunt me because mm. it continues to have so much relevance about uh, regarding like our paradigm in our society. If you continue to listen to the songs, they have like a, an effect of making you shudder at, you know, things from online dating to, uh, you know, FBI mining data to anything And then combined with the fact that it's so funky and it's so danceable and and just the 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 syncopation of all the elements, how how catchy the hooks are. Like you're saying, it's brooding, but it's also like really fun. Um, The themes in computer world to me are like incredibly timeless. And that's why I just keep going back to it.
0: What are some of the themes that you're talking about?
2: Well, I mean, their most famous song off the album is Computer Love, right? right? And it's the only Crapwork song that's like, uh, not the only, but it's one of the only songs that has like a little spark of sensuality. Um, and it's talking about, you know, how you need someone, right? You need another, you need to have human contact, but it's like... You can You're lonely in a crowded world. That's just something that we all can relate to. Um, and uh, I, I find it to be just like something that I myself even ha- struggle with on, on a daily basis whether I should go outside or whether I should just stay in this relationship in, with a virtual reality. Um, that song in particular is just, it hits home to me.
1: I call. I call later on when uh Roger Troutman and Zap did computer love um i made the connection but i was like wait was Roger Troutman listening to craftwork but the themes are the same he's saying you know i've been looking for someone to share this exactly. special love with me and talking about you know being alone and of course uh computer love his version is very t- is very synthy and yes. but, but but funky
2: i mean i asked a question on twitter i asked the twitterverse i was like what is the better version of computer love? I'm not sure. Mm. Like, they're both so incredible, yes. groundbreaking. Yes. Um, and I mean, that's like a hard, that's a hard toss. That's a toss up. That's a divisive made. question.
0: You're just, you're just seeking <laughs> to cause trouble with that one. <laughs>
2: Anyways, you don't need to choose, but it's a very good point. And I think at that time, you know, uh, like the, the the interesting thing about that time is like here uh, there are people like, you know, they're building synthesizers. They're working with synths. It seems that like the sky's the limit. Technology is, uh, you know, a bright shining light on the musical like landscape, you know, um, whether it's it's Roger um or craft work, you know, they're they're maybe they're a little bit like ironic in what they're talking about, but at the same time you can you can sense their excitement yep. and sense their sort of like future looking progressive outlook on technology. And it's interesting now here we are and there's a little bit more of an insidious like nature towards technology and we look back on those songs and and for me I almost have this like like this nostalgic loss that I wish I had been there. It must have been so, such an amazing time, you know? I mean, and I still think it's an amazing time for technology, but gosh, like that must have just been so exciting.
0: I'm wondering to spin back to how you first discovered them, or at least the timing with you also discovering German philosophy at the same moment. Strange, right? Yeah, I'm wondering, not to go too far off into a tangent with this, but what do you see as some of the connections, if any, between... Traditions of German philosophy and the worldview that Kraftwerk was creating through these albums.
2: Well, let me tell you.
1: (laughs) Go in, go in. Let
2: me talk about it. Okay, so many, many Germans saw the influxes of technology and mass media as a danger, Mm. a danger to the traditions of Germanic, you know, culture. I mean, because Germanic culture had already been. You know, we had already killed fascism, so they mm. they they didn't have really a leg to stand on, mm. and so now technology was coming in, and that was like another thing that was going to uh, sort of like wash away their traditions. Um, it was going to like uh, make make things uniform between Western society and German society, everything. So there was a lot of like angst around that for German people, I think. But then the younger generation was like that's ridiculous, you know, we have to progress, we are a capitalist society, and we are just going to accept it. There were people, like artists, like Kraftwerk, who were saying, like, neither is true, you know. It's like, it's not right to hang on to these, like, fascist ideals of, like, Germanic tradition, and what are we going to do, and we need to be, we can't let, like, technology just create this, like, uh, uniformity and ho- homogeneity between cultures. But then we th- we have the Craftwork that's just, like, saying, like, also, capitalism is incredibly insidious. You know, it's like they—they're not agreeing with these like pre or like you know these like sort of semi-fascist ideologies, and they're not agreeing with them. But they're—they're they're taking a—they're taking bits from them and they're criticizing them, and they're taking different elements from both points of view and criticizing them.
1: I program my own computer. Be myself into- On the other hand, uh, a segment of electronic music or a segment of the electronic culture who was not afraid of technology were the guys behind Detroit techno, uh, Juan, Juan Atkins, Derek May, and Kevin Saunderson, who described their music, who famously described their music as George Clinton and Kraftwerk being mm. stuck in an elevator mm. with only a sequencer to keep them company. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's pretty cool. The influence we see of Kraftwerk's music. Certainly as Oliver has alluded to, you can find it in hip hop, you can find it in sampling, but you can also find it in Detroit techno and house music. One hundred percent. Heavily. What do you see as the larger influence of craft work in dance cultures, particularly black culture?
2: So I've just been working with MRS recently in the mm-hmm. past year or two. Um, and you know, we vibe a lot about thing about artists like craft work um they had a huge influence on him as well video games uh, that kind of like sound base um when i was talking about how like germanic tradition and the fear of technology has to do with this loss of um the old guard craftwork was very much uh open to uh mass media and to ga- toys and all this kind of stuff because they were interested in letting the old guard go mm. but also because they were saying music and technology should be for everyone. It was an egalitarian idea, and it included people of other races, people of different classes. It was it was a worldwide uh, political statement to do that. Even though it wasn't explicit, um, it includes everyone. And the democratization of technology is important in order to make music less elitist. Um, and I think that the Detroit techno guys... Um, are the perfect example of why music instruments should be available and cheap.
0: Mm. Where did Kraftwerk get get their funk and syncopation influences
2: from? Well, okay. I've thought a lot about this and I'm not exactly sure. I I don't really know. The only thing that I can say for sure is like, um, so they were studying under Stockhausen, right? So they were interested in like percussive sounds in music because Stockhausen was all about like, you know, he was almost creating his version of synthesis, but with acoustic elements. Mm. So I'm like, okay, well, they were like, you know, uh, interested in like percussion as an Mm. idea. Then also, like, a lot of, like I said, their their synth lines and stuff, when I was playing them, I noticed they do play a lot like classical music in a way. There's, like, a syncopated, like, you know, bass, figure eight bass with, like, uh, uh, a theme that gets repeated in different keys. So, like, you know, uh, the relative minor, the relative major, it'll change depending on the song. But the intervals of the melody is really similar, the way that it's structured. So I know, like, they have that classical training. The funk element—I mean, the, all I can think is that rock and roll. Sure, that's 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 my only explanation. And sure. they just took it to another place. I mean, if you think about it, okay. So like, there was rock and roll, there was kosmische music, but then like all these other bands, like Neu, Cluster, everything. I mean, it was it was there was a lot going on rhythmically in Germany at that time. That was pe- groups influencing one another. Cluster super funky too, right? Everybody was kind of doing the same thing. It was just like a zeitgeist, I guess, and Kraftwerk kinda they took the show maybe.
0: I'm just gonna credit it to James Brown because <laughs> chances are I'm probably right. James
2: Brown, yeah, there you go. Shot in the dark. No lie there. There you go.
0: We will be back with more of our conversation with Night Jewel about KraftWorks computer world after a brief word from some other fantastic Max Fun podcasts. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: Mr. Robot Man. what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my coworkers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Plek, the space will be with you always. Sorry, who are you again? Master Kira. <laughs> oh right,
0: right, right. Sorry. Just calling in.
1: <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Do you have to do it? You have to shoot Plek. Okay. (laughs) Wow,
0: you shot him so fast.
2: Destinies will be fulfilled.
1: I've become a complete bird. I'm flying. I'm flying.
2: (laughs) On April 28th, the saga starts concluding.
0: Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the (laughs) costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys.
1: Mission. (laughs) to zix the final season on
2: maximum fun
1: max fun drives almost here it starts on monday may 3rd ends on may 14th and it's the best time to support the shows you love here are some folks like you sharing what max fun and our shows mean to them most importantly it's meant community
0: and, uh, yeah, just thanks for hanging out and making joke-em-ups and making my week a little bit brighter.
1: So, thanks, Max Fun, for making me a better person and making sure that I'm surrounded by better people.
2: Thanks again for all you do. Love supporting Max Fun, and uh, keep it up.
1: Come back Monday, May 3rd for more details from your favorite hosts. We'll have some of the best episodes of the year, special Max Fun Drive thank you gifts, and maybe a few surprises. That's Monday, May 3rd. Until then, we're back on Heat Rocks talking about the 1981 album Computer World by the German band Kraftwerk with our special guest, Nigel. Oliver brought up a great point earlier, which was the sampling legacy of Kraftwerk and how many songs they have influenced. We know the big ticket ones, and I'll, and I'll let uh, Oliver talk a little bit about them. Um, but I just have to mention that it wasn't until a couple days ago that I realized they were sampled on a song called Short Man. <laughs> Short Dick man Don't want no short Dick man Oh don't want no short Dick man Samples is more fun to compute mm-hmm. And that was a hit. I couldn't play it at home <laughs> but because uh, my mother was so that's one of them. I mean there, there were obviously bigger songs I mean not just straight ahead samples, but I'll let Oliver get into the particulars. Okay of, of who okay. sampled.
0: Actually, I didn't really have particulars except to say that the one that it did, I didn't even realize until re-listening to this album is Afro-Ricans' give it all you got
2: <sighs> give it all you got give, 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 give it all
0: you got that's also from more fun to compute and as I said in my own intro, I clearly knew that Kraftwerk was really popular. I just didn't realize, especially with this album, and I think I'm always deferring more to Trans Europe Express, maybe because of the Planet Rock connection with yeah. that. And I think Planet Rock actually uses parts of this album as
1: Numbers, well. I yeah. think.
0: Yeah. But that there were s- so many people have used this album and so many songs after this album over time. Um, what do you think the appeal is, it's, I, apart from maybe the obvious, which is we've, we've already talked about, just the sheer funkiness of it, and maybe that's, that's all there is to have to explain that. but
2: I also think um, drum sounds uh, are, are key here because, mm. um, you know, there, there's a, there was a certain amount of available drum machines at that point in the 80s, right? right. And then in the 90s there was more, but still, you know, um, we didn't have like access to like sample libraries like we do now where there's sure. gazillions of sounds. And even still to... Um, get a a electronic drum sound that is made from scratch, meaning like they actually make the the pieces of the technology to give it a particular sound, like on numbers, for instance, that snare sound, there's no other snare sound like that in the entire world, that's the only one. That's why it's sampled. It's just unique, it's just a unique sound. I was at my, like, fridge this morning, like, opening the fridge, uh, getting ready, for getting my mind, like, ready for this uh, podcast, and I just, it just hit me, like, one of my songs is literally just, like, it is just craftwork, work. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's, a, like, what, what song it's is that? like, it's a song called Artificial Intelligence. Yes. <laughs>
1: Is that a shout-out to our tech
2: It's not, actually. Okay. Um, I, I named that song Artificial Intelligence because at the time I was um, studying philosophy um, and I had a teacher who was really into cognitive science and we had a lot of disagreements <laughs> because I still... Don't believe that robots can replicate like human thought like there's just you know, there's two philosophical schools and a lot of people think that the whole idea of consciousness is like a folk idea and that robots can definitely replicate whatever it is means to be human. And so I was like so annoyed by this um opinion that my professor held and i made the song called artificial intelligence sort of inspired by that i know it's so heady right like who am i it's so weird but it's but a, gem, though. a you, jam
1: though thank you but
2: then it started morphing into how people are online they they create a robotic version of themselves um so that's how the song kind of like developed into being like more like uh layman and um I just was like lit like thinking about that song in my head and I'm like that song is so craft work it's so like stiffly funky and like mathematical in this way and I'm just like that is that's just where it's that's got to be where it's from it,
1: it's a gem, and so is weak for me which I think is thank you. Too. thank you thank you so much my pleasure
2: um yeah so uh, they just they get in there they get under your skin you know
1: what I mean, I've always wanted to know this. Like, what did those dudes do for a living besides music? Okay,
2: so here is my thing about them, right? Th- definitely rich kids for sure.
1: Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't like read their biographies or anything, but I get the sense that they were like well-to-do kind of. Okay. Because they had a lot of time on their hands and they were <laughs> making instruments and they were like sure. in these big studios and they studied under Stockhausen. I mean, they pro- they probably pretty well off Um, and they had a lot of time to experiment. So like they started like their first band in like 71 and they had 10 years of sort of like doodling around just like trying to figure out their sound. You know what I mean? It's like who gets to do that? (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that about them. I thought oh, this was the
1: like yeah. the IT guys that had a, like a, a, a no. Side I, I, I
2: get the sense that they were like very musically educated, very educated in general. Hey, that's fine. I mean, whatever. Like, not all of us are scrappy like me. It's, it's whatever. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I don't hold any judgment on that.
0: I would imagine that they were all just working part time at a Froyo place in, <laughs> in Berlin or wherever they're you know, um, Germany. They're well, it's they're.
2: interesting because you know they they were well to do. They had the time on their hands and they had the resources to be able to create their own instruments and really experiment and come up with this very new, very influential sound. Now, uh, our friends in Detroit, like Omar and stuff, they worked at um, at the car factories. That's what they did, right? Um, That doesn't mean that they didn't go home every day and work on their tunes and they had the influence of the sound and the feeling of those factories into their music. And that's what makes that unique. It's what makes it a bit more gritty, a bit less sterile, you know, you could say. So it doesn't really matter where you're from or how you've grown up because your music can be super dope and super influential either way um i think craftwerk just happened to have like the resources to make make it ha- make it happen what, what what they did you know
0: you've alluded to the fact that you have performed computer world so i think we need to hear a little bit about that what and what, what situation were you given the opportunity to not simply be influenced by the album but to actually perform i know the i'm album.
2: an obsessive this, is, this podcast is going to it's come out and people are just going to be like, wow, she's just like literally insane. Like, <laughs> we, love, we love it. We love it. <laughs> um, well, I was given the opportunity to perform um, Computer World by myself first for LA Weekly, but it was sort of just like a very casual thing. Um, and uh, Dub Lab, Frosty from Dub Lab gave me the opportunity to do a bigger performance of it for a Rock Classics performance. Um,
0: but I think you're, you're underplaying this. Where was the first time you performed
2: it? <clears throat> I was going to skip over that part no, no, a little we, bit. No, no, we need to hear Okay, hmm no problem. <laughs> LA Weekly partnered with the Hard Rock Cafe Hollywood to get, like, I guess, more customers um, to have our art- local artists perform their favorite albums in, like, the restaurant where there's, like, a stage where basically I'm sure they have, like, open mic nights now. Um, so while these tourists <clears throat> ate, like, chicken fingers... <laughs> and like had their like forks clanging around i was up there with my profit synthesizer performing computer world um, very do- strange it's
1: not
0: all dressed the
2: same we all wore white oh you know I got this down um and uh you know it was very important to me that we would play all the elements live so Cole had the drum sequences on Ableton um Wolf had like a little speak and spell and drum pads and he would sing Mm. with vocoder and Mm. then I played the lead melodies and the bass lines essentially It's like I really gave myself the best task, right? Um, And uh, we performed it at the Ford Amphitheater. And when we started Numbers, Mm. I'm telling you, everybody got out of their seats and they stormed the stage. They were like screaming. People were freaking. And that is just like another thing about Kraftwerk. It's like it has this visceral response. I mean, yeah, they know the song, but also like when that beat drops, it's just like people just, just freaked. So anyways... It was such a success, the show we went on to tour it in Sydney for Sydney Fest, off festival in Poland, and in New York at Les Poissons Rouge. Um, and we could have kept doing it to be honest, but you know, we were busy so.
1: And I'm glad that you mentioned numbers because I would have thought numbers was the big hit off that album. That got played on the radio here. I heard it on, on uh, hip hop radio really? here. Oh, yeah. It got played in the clubs. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, I argued with my cousin up and down. I was like, listen, Bobby Caldwell's not black and Kraftwerk's <laughs> not black. You got to get into this. Just trust me on this. And she said the same thing, but it's so funky. I said, it is. <laughs> Those brothers are not black, though. I know
2: that's what that's, what. that's what. That's what the, the Fools in Detroit said, too. They were like,
1: we had no idea, you know? I mean, it's funky. there was though. something
2: going on. So I have one more Kraftwerk story. Sure. We can cut this out, too, if it, if it gets too lengthy. But I'm telling you, I have, like, weird, like, constellation of stories regarding them. I played at Iceland Airwaves when they were headlining. Um and I just thought like, oh, well, I'm, I'm an artist, so I have access to all the shows, but Craftwork's show was actually a separate performance, and it required, like, it was a ticketed performance that was separate at their, like, beautiful hall that they have there that has surround sound and everything, and I found out, oh, I couldn't get in, and I was like, oh, oh my God, this is, Cole and I were there together. We were like, this is impossible. Like, we have to go. The tour manager for our trip was like, you know, I can't do an Icelandic accent, but he's like, you know, Icelandic people, they can't deal with you, like, being sad. (laughs) So if you go to the concert and you stand outside and you look upset, I guarantee they will let you in. And we were like, what? So, okay. So we, like, go over there. We're sitting in the hall. Like, Bjork passes by and, like, whatever. The festival organizer passes by and she's like, what are you doing? Like, you can't get in. And we're like, we know, whatever. And, like, you know, the the screams start the lights go down we're sitting outside and we're like you know what this is this isn't going to happen you know so we start to go to leave cole kind of like goes over to the side and there's an usher this woman and she's like you know the concert has started please enter and he's like "Ah, i would but you know we don't have tickets and she's like oh and he's like and this is like our favorite band and she was like, oh. she's like, please hold on one second. And she ran in the concert hall, comes out with 3D glasses, and escorts us to our seats while
1: numbers is starting. Okay, I just want people to know Nigel is in here dropping travel tips <laughs> for Iceland. Yeah, I'm
0: booking a, I'm booking a trip. I right have now. life right.
1: hacks up and down. can we can talk. T- <laughs> be modeling outside the venues and watch it work for you.
0: Each knee sanchi
1: Each knee sanchi Each
0: To bring this back to computer world, what is the fire track off this album for you?:
2: I mean, it's so, it's so tough. Because when the first song drops, Computer World, and I'm listening to that bass line interact with, boom, boom, and then when it goes down to the octave, ooh, like that was like my favorite part of playing the show was like finally when you hit that low octave and the bass is just like booming. But then, I mean, when Numbers happens, it's just you're just being sent off to a whole nother dimension. And I love comput- I love Computer Love as a song, as a pop song, but I think I would have to say that Numbers is just to me the most outrageous track <laughs> I just don't even know like anything that has like come close to, to blowing my mind in the same way and it continues to blow my mind it continues to like give me this like adrenaline rush when I hear it um, and it's just such a strange strange song Um, so I, I'd say I'd say I'd say numbers. What's, so numbers. S- what's the sleeper track? Sleeper track, home computer, because mm. that's the super techno song. Sure. And that song is kind of sinister. And that song gets into the area of the album that is like you're starting to feel like maybe this isn't just like a a quirky kind of cutesy reference to technology maybe maybe they're saying something a little darker
1: tough question that we ask all of our guests get ready Uh uh-oh if you could describe <laughs> now, I'm ner- now I'm nervous about asking the question. <laughs> why did I get nervous? <laughs> if you could describe this album in three words, what would they be?
2: Um, I'd say it's like earthly, alien, and something like. Flying or something mm. like being midair because
1: mm.
2: uh, it's there's there's this ground to it you know you're you're fully planted in in the beats you're you're dancing, but then you're in outer space and you're surrounded by like the universe and you don't like know what's around it it just it takes you to another dimension wow.
0: That will do it for this episode of Heat Rocks with our guest Night Jewel. Thank you so much for coming through and sharing all that craft work knowledge. <laughs> Where can people find you?
2: Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I hope I didn't blabber too much. No, no, it's no. great. Um, but yeah, you can you can check out um, anything Night Jewel related on various social medias, whether it's Twitter or my Instagram, Night Jewel, Facebook. Um, there's also uh, you know a wide array of the catalogs from my label on Bandcamp, the label's Gloriette, G-L-O-R-I-E-T-T-E at Bandcamp. And you can check out like all the records and things like that. Listen, listen, listen to other artists that I have released. Um, and that's that's pretty much where I'm at.
0: You've been listening to Heat Rocks with me, Oliver Wong, and Morgan Rhodes.
1: Our theme music is Crown Ones by Thess One of People Under the Stairs. Shout out to Thess for the hookup.
0: Heat Rocks is produced by myself and Morgan, alongside Christian Duenas, who also edits, engineers, and does the booking for our
1: shows. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher, and our executive producer is Jesse Thorne.
0: We are part of the Maximum Fun family, taping every week live in their studios in the Westlake neighborhood of Los Angeles.